Thank you for listening to Therapy for Guys. My name is Kike Autry, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in Katy, Texas. In this podcast, I want to explore the issues that men stay silent about, our struggles with anxiety and depression, our relationship issues, obstacles that we face with a diagnosis like ADHD or autism or OCD, and our big existential crises, those related to spirituality and religion, to larger cultural realities, and to the question of the meaning of life. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to learn more about me, I would encourage you to check out my website. You can find it at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. And as always, remember, continue the conversation. This episode of the podcast, I speak with my really good friend and professional artist, Patrick McGrath Muniz. This is the fifth installment in a series with Patrick exploring the first 22 cards of the major arcana of the tarot. Patrick is a professional artist from Puerto Rico. His work has been featured in various museums across the country. In this specific episode, we explore the symbolism the meaning and the significance of the Emperor card. The Emperor card is number four in the tarot in the Major Arcana, but it's technically the fifth card because the Fool, the first card, is the number zero. Now, some of the episode highlights include Father Energy and Father Hunger. This gets pretty personal. Patrick and I both had complicated relationships with our fathers, and we get into that, and it gets quite emotional. We also explore various different ways that the Emperor card connects with and even addresses something like toxic masculinity. Patrick gets into the history of his tarot deck and how it connects with colonialism and how it critiques capitalism, the the mixture of power and wealth and religion, the expansion of nations. We also explore various different phallic symbols from the cock or the rooster and the obelisk, the Washington Monument in his particular deck. 
And we would do kind of a, a bit of a deep dive into Marcus Aurelius and how he is uh, an example of an emperor that we can emulate and that we can learn from. And there's so much more that we explore. This was a phenomenal conversation. Uh, Patrick is just a dear person to me. We connect at so many different levels. And as always, I was truly challenged and inspired by the things that we were talking about. And I hope that you are as well. Guys, I want to encourage you to share this episode with friends and family if you enjoyed it. If you can, go to the Apple Podcast app if, if you listen to it there. And don't just leave me a rating, hopefully five stars, but spend just five minutes and write me a review. This is one of the ways that we can get this content out to more and more people. Thanks again for listening. And as always, I hope that you continue the conversation. So Patrick, thank you again for coming to my home podcast studio and being a guest on Therapy for Guys. I'm excited about this episode where we're going to look at the fifth card in the tarot deck, which is number four, the emperor or el emperador in Mm -hmm. your specific tarot deck. And I'm just excited to see where we go in our conversation. I think there's a lot to explore in this card. Absolutely. It's a real pleasure to be here, Kike. I really enjoy doing these uh, uh, these episodes on the tarot. Uh, this is uh, one that feels very personal to me. I'm sure that you also have your feelings about this card. It's going to be quite an interesting conversation, as many people can also have their own feelings about this card that are very personal. Yeah. I mean, like like I was mentioning before we hit the record button, of all the different cards that I knew we were going to get into, you know, over the the next couple of months and maybe even years as we look at the entire tarot deck, the emperor had a lot of energy that I wasn't drawn to. And and as I mentioned, you know, it really speaks to me about like the father archetype and I have a bunch of sort of negative energy around my own earthly father, you know, who's, who's since passed. And maybe we can get into some of that, but given that I'm a therapist who also works with men and I think about gender issues and things like toxic masculinity at first glance, the emperor card really spoke to me as being kind of that toxic masculinity kind of stuff. And and I'm hoping we can get into, to that as well. So I, I appreciate you hearing me out and hearing some of those struggles with this card, but then also wanting to engage it and explore maybe other ways to think about it. 
Of course. Yeah. Sure. So what I want to do is um, read the summary that you provide in your tarot deck. And as always, I'll include all the links in the show notes. People can go back and I should say, first and foremost, everyone should buy your your deck, Tarot Neocolonial de las Americas. And, you know, they can find that on, is it U.S. Games? U.S. Games, yes. Okay, so if they go to the website, I'll, I'll include the link. They can do that. You can find that in, in, on Amazon as well. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. So you can, you can find it on Amazon as well. I'm going to go ahead and, and read the description or the summary that you provided for El Emperador or the Emperor. And then I want us to just kind of stay close to the image and just unpack the symbolism and just see where things go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go ahead. All right. So this is what you write in your booklet. Perhaps the best known emperor figure during the time of the conquest and colonization of the Americas is that of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor of the Austrian House of Habsburg. The emperor sits on his throne while holding a piece of gold and a scepter that ends with the shape of an oil tower with a cross, a symbolic reminder of the corrupting combination of money and politics. Anything can be bought with sufficient wealth. It is a known fact that Charles V purchased the election to the position of Holy Roman Emperor. An emblem of an imperial eagle can be seen on the back wall holding two projectiles. The emperor also drained the Spanish empire of its riches with the funding of never-ending religious wars in Europe. To the left in the background, the Washington Monument serves as a phallic reminder of current and past empires. A rooster stands nearby symbolizing the solar masculine principle. The emperor is a proud conqueror and a supreme ruler. In other words, he cares little of what others may think about him. When dealing with opinions of strangers, place yourself in the shoes of the emperor by trusting your own plan and ignoring negative criticism. That's not to say that we close ourselves arrogantly to constructive criticism. A wise ruler is accompanied by discerning advisors. While the empress was in a posture of giving out, the emperor is in a gesture of holding in. This card represents power, wealth, and authority. It is about stability, reason, experience, and protection. It would be advisable to stay close and listen to what he has to say. But this patriarchal ruler and high authority can also become an abusive despot and a merciless authoritarian, in which case you'll prefer to stay at a safe distance and keep a low profile. Thanks. Oh, that's great. Yeah, short, but to the point. Short, but to the point, and I think packed with a lot of symbolism. So why don't you take it away? Where where would you like to start as we hmm. begin to understand the emperor? Well, why don't we start with that figure of Charles V? Uh, because I find that a historical figure quite fascinating. Okay. Uh, not many people might be familiar with uh, him, uh, but uh, he was not just a king. He was the holy Roman emperor of uh, Europe, and that had a different meaning than just a king or queen or regent, uh, because he was already blessed by the Pope, and and was like almost like the designated highest supreme leader, king among kings, called upon the earth by the Pope himself, who was the head of the church, right? So, So that had 
big implications. And at the time that he was ruling, you had Hernán Cortés invading Mexico and conquering uh, uh, Tenochtitlan. Pizarro going down to Peru in 1533 uh, into Cajamarca and then taking over Cusco. The Inca Empire fell. The Aztecs fell. The the world just became bigger. And and this this uh, 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 Charles V was really uh, the most powerful man alive at at his moment, right? Because he had uh, uh, this this huge realm to govern. And uh, they say that the he 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 was ruling the empire on which the sun never sets that's a big statement right there we don't have anyone uh at, at that stature right now because uh you know with the global globalized uh politics right now everything is is uh, a lot more you know divided and and the world is 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 quite different from from that time so it's easy to forget uh emperor is is a figure that is is very distant from us in in time and culture and mindset, uh, the and and moral uh, uh, judgments and, and and everything that goes along with that. So so it's it's easy to vilify. I must say this: it's very easy to vilify. Oh, the Spanish conquistadors, the bad guys. Oh, these guys that came here, the European invaders, and all of that. But bear in mind. The world we live in right now with cars, electricity, buildings, all of that was built upon that. So like it or not, we are descendants of those invaders, uh, of those people who came uh, uh, that were sent by, you know, the Holy Roman Emperor in this case. So... Uh, there are always going to be mixed feelings. There are going to people going to be people, obviously, that romanticize the image of of the supreme leader or the or, or the uh, the emperor or the great king. They're going to be people who see him as as the pure personification of evil. That's quite natural in history. You're going to have uh, uh, people who are on top and people who are on bottom and on the bottom. And so this is all about hierarchy. The card of of the emperor is all about hierarchy, social hierarchy, civilization, empire, uh, the colonized and the colonizer. Yeah, man, I just love that background. I, I love that that is the history that informs the figure that you chose to represent, you know, the, the emperor. I, I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit about these two other cards that if anyone's watching on YouTube, you know, they have these three cards in front of them. I guess in the way that they're going to see it on the video, right? On on the left, you have, is that the the Marseille? That's the emperor from the Marseille, one of the oldest decks. I should say that the emperor is one of the oldest uh, tarot cards, surviving cards from uh, the fourteen early fourteen hundreds. So oh, wow. there are some decks, some tarot decks that have been uh, uh, found that uh, are missing cards, but we still have emperor cards dating back to the early fourteen hundreds. And the Marseille is from the seventeen eighteenth uh, century, seventeen hundreds, and and that is the first card you see there, followed by the Rider Waite, which was is perhaps the best known tarot deck right now uh, it, it came out in, in the early 1900s and and those two images are somewhat different and then you have the third version which, which is mine and and it's it's interesting to have this conversation and, and compare uh as many decks as you can and and see the differences and see what what the pattern is yeah 
So I know one of the things we've done in the past is just sort of focus on your card and just kind of unpack the symbolism. But before we jump to that, is there any other background information that you feel like you need to share about the emperor that's going to help kind of set up this discussion? Yes, absolutely. Uh, We have to uh, keep in mind this is uh, the most powerful monarch uh, on the deck. Uh, There's no higher worldly or earthly or secular power than his. He is followed by the pope, but the pope has more of a religious uh, rule. So in in terms of anything related to state and and earthly matters, the... the highest supreme leader would be the emperor. But of course, then we would have the Pope coming after him, which is above him. Uh, and this all started really with Charlemagne back, back in, in 800 uh, uh, AD. And, and he was the first Holy Roman Emperor. And, and this was a designation that came really from, from the Pope. And it was a way to try to unify all these divided provinces and lands and and feudal states and bring them together under the church. And they wanted to have a ruler that would stand in for the Pope. And, and that's the, the historical context for this card. It's, it's, it's really easy to forget this. And it's also easy to forget that uh, emperor comes from the word imperator. And, and of course, we have the Roman emperors who were the most famous emperors in history. We have uh, good emperors as we have bad emperors but of course we uh, they get the bad rap because the roman empire uh, uh, christ crucified and you see so much of the media and hollywood <laughs> it's always been a bad portrayal uh, uh, of these f- historical figures and and we also and we have to always keep in mind that uh it, the sound is different right <laughs> maybe it was off yeah, this I, time? my bad. I forgot to plug in your headphones, so now oh. you should be able to hear everything. <laughs> okay, but did you hear me before this? Oh, yeah, like perfect. Everything was good? Everything okay. was good. You just okay. couldn't hear it, so my apologies. Uh, not, not a problem, not a problem. So let's just remember that. As every card uh, previous to the Emperor, and, and we always t- say this, there's always negative aspects and positive aspects. Uh, the Emperor, uh, usually from a Jungian perspective, is seen as the father figure. The previous card was the empress. She's seen as the mother figure. So obviously any type of relationship you had personally, at a personal level, you had with your, with your parents, you're going to project them into these cards. That's, let's take that out of the way. Just, you know, set the stage here because it's really important to keep that in mind and keep in mind your own biases because it's easy to get it. Uh, carried away by those biases. Oh, absolutely. And history is not uh, 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 governed by biases. It doesn't matter uh, how you feel about slavery. It doesn't matter how you feel about empires. It just is. So we also have to keep a neutral stance whenever we, we you know encounter these cards and try to keep an open mind. Yeah. Patrick, I love that. And can I say this too as a compliment? And I'm, I'm proud of the episodes we've done on the tarot for a variety of reasons, but... When I do my own research and just listen to other podcasts on the tarot, they can so quickly become so new agey and spiritual and up in the clouds that it doesn't feel like they're connected to anything historical, anything on the ground. And I just love that we try to balance that. You do all this 
phenomenal research and, and I know you've worked on this for years. You, you know so much of the historical background. I just think that's a really important context. Uh, the tarot is not just a new age kind of spiritual thing, but it's tethered to historical things. And I think it's very earthy and very practical. It's also tethered to our language. Mm. Let's take the, the word emperor because uh, this I find fascinating. When, when, whenever you, you encounter a word, there's a subconscious energy to it that goes through the waves and, and you get the, because let's bear in mind, and I love the, the original uh, Latin word, imperator. It's very imposing. Mm. Imperator. And you get the kind of... Uh, English lame word emperor. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's not no, the imperator same. Seems imperator. A lot more I'm imposing. I'm imposing here. I'm the one. I'm the ruler. I'm the one who judges. I'm the one who decides who's, you know, uh, I'm the one who writes the law, mm. you know, puts uh, everything into stone. And, and I decide who who is condemned, who is who, who is worthy of my my realm. So keep that in mind, that language has a lot to do with this. So tarot might be seen, like you say, as by many as just new age mumbo jumbo, but there's a lot of deep significance in, in our culture and, and it's it's just ingrained in, in, in our psyche, in our collective psyche. Mm, yeah. Okay. No, well said. Now, just because you kind of threw out sort of the the, the Jungian lens briefly, you, you you mentioned that the emperor is connected to like father energy, the father archetype. And, and you know, at the beginning of this episode, I sort of confess that, you know, I have my own conflicted thoughts and feelings about, you know, my own father and just the father archetype in general. I wonder if we could kind of just go there for a little bit. You said sure. you are open to maybe even talking about your own yeah. relationship to, sure. and I'm going to say father, right? And I do mean your biological father, yes. but I also mean the father archetype, yes. which I know now you're a father as well. Absolutely. Oh, yes. And I, I, I don't mind at all opening up about these personal issues. And and something that I was made aware of, and, and this has been a, just a personal reflection of mine that I want to share is that uh, when I was living in, in the island, of course, my parents were divorced. I grew up with my mom and with my aunts. Uh, it, it was mostly... Uh, and this is uh, Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, yeah. yes, in Puerto Rico. And, and most, most, of, uh, of most of the family members were really female, right? So you looked up at my, like, let's say, I looked up at my aunt who is a retired nun, Titi Sister. And, and, and I was surrounded by that energy, right? It's a quite different energy than, let's say, uncles or father figures. Uh, I had an absent fa father. I did not know anything about him uh, until I came to the United States back in 2004, and I met him in person. It was a, quite an uneasy and awkward experience. I, I cannot say it was totally negative. It was enlightening, it was it was really uh, good. It was uh, I think it was necessary to to. It's always necessary to meet your parents, no matter how you feel about them, and 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 have that encounter because it it, it, it it's going to open up uh, portals and windows in your subconscious and your soul into yourself into knowing yourself. And and at that moment, it's really easy to be biased, uh, especially. Let's talk about Puerto Rico. 
uh, it's very easy to be biased towards the father figure because uh, at a subconscious level, you associate it with El Tio Sam, Uncle Sam, Mm. the imperial uh, father, right? A figure. You're saying like in the in the in the Puerto Rican in the Puerto Rican consciousness in that context, uh, 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 Puerto Rico is seen as a mother, Mm. and the United States is seen as a father. And this is at a subconscious level, and and it goes and permeates culture, arts, politics, and everything. Right? La madre patria. La patria es verdad. La patria es mujer. It's 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 female, right? Mm. The motherland. But then you have the Uncle Sam who's imposing, right? So it's easy to see how this bias can just uh, 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 leak into my own personal experience with family. Of course, I'm going to associate, you know, father, bad, mother, good. And that is a bias and a prejudice that I have to be aware of because it's a trap. Wow. It's a trap. Uh, and and uh, because things are not black and white. They're not, you know, human beings are comp- complex. They're complex. They're, they're, they are, uh, they have flaws, but they have virtues. Once I became a father myself, I started to view the, the, the archetype of father quite differently. Like you can be something else. You mm-hmm. don't have to be absent. You can be present. You can be uh, someone who is caring, nurturing, almost like a mother figure. Uh, and I don't see anything wrong with that. Fathers that are like that, and there are plenty of uh, examples I can think of, um, including uncles, that were perfect examples of what a father could be. You know, and and you you have to be mindful of that and, and beware of not falling into that trap of of projecting neg- negative stereotypes into your own you know uh, relatives or family relationships. Yeah, wow. it affects your politics as well. It affects because once you use you're set into that mindset, then it's easy to say, "Oh, yeah, the imperialist, uh, uh, fuera imperialismo yankee, uh, go out, yankee, go home." Right? But I'm, I have Yankee blood. I, I'm Irish, half Irish American. So if I say out so with your, that, your, your father was American. Yeah, my father is American, and my mother is is Puerto Rican. So. I cannot identify fully with one or the other because I'm I'm both. You know, I have to embrace the duality. I have to I have to be at peace with it and 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 recognize that the the contributions and 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 the good things about their own cultures and what they brought together into the mix. And that's what I am, right? I'm 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 a, a child of empire, but I'm a child of of colony as well. So and and you live with that and and you accept the contradiction. Wow. I, li- I like that you call it a contradiction. I think that's important. Yeah. So in 2004, when you were in the States and, and you met your, your, your biological father, you said it was enlightening. What, 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 was there anything that was personally enlightening or, or was it just enlightening in the ways that you just described how one's sort of national identity can influence how they think about their their earthly parents and, and vice yeah. versa. I, I became more aware of, of how I see myself. I could see s- some of the things uh, that I got to know about him. I saw in myself, I, I, I was replicating some of the same attitudes, maybe not so positive, And I became more aware of it. Wait a minute. Uh, that's me. I, I'm behaving in a very similar way. And I, I, I don't approve of that. 
And other things, I would say, yeah, I can see that that makes sense where he's coming from and, and his, his his way of thinking. I try to to now that so many years have passed, right? It's almost like twenty years from that moment. I I can see it from a distance and and, and appreciate the moment and the experience and learn from it. But at the moment, I was like. Uh, no, no, this is not working at the moment. But but you have to grow up from that and, and really see things from a distance. Yeah, no, absolutely. So in terms of my own story, um, yeah, my, 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 my dad passed, you know, over five years now. One thing that I just thought about, which is interesting, is he, he died around the time that we actually met for the first time. So that's really? like an interesting connection. Yeah. Huh. And I don't want to go into all the details, but but the ones that I do feel comfortable sharing is, you know, it, it was a time in my life I was sort of going through a midlife crisis of sorts. I was in my own in-depth sort of Jungian psychotherapy with with a, with a wonderful therapist, really wrestling with my psyche in some really deep ways. You know, you and I started this this great friendship, and we started talking about a lot of these symbols and a lot of these ideas. Um, what, what I will say about my father and and how I kind of connected to the card a little bit is uh, this is not an excuse but he did suffer from you know severe mental illness he had bipolar and um sometimes was on medication other times not had a very rocky childhood while he was present physically i i tell some of my clients that he was absent psychologically mm. there, there there's a lot there that we could kind of unpack the one thing that I think I really struggled with, if I had to almost nail it down, was I never felt like he was able to fully connect with me at a at an intimate, emotional, kind of vulnerable level. Uh, I had a tremendous father hunger, and even though he was physically there, it's like he wasn't capable of connecting. And so where that goes back, I think, to the emperor card is... I almost see the emperor as this figure that does speak to you and provides a certain level of direction and structure and guidance. And that wasn't my experience with my father. So there's a disconnect for me there. Right. I, I felt like I would have benefited from having that, but I didn't. So that's right. that's a part of my own kind of personal journey that figures into how I see the card. But then you became a father and how you see yourself as a father. How would you describe that? You know, father? I, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I, it's interesting. I always told myself I would be a better father than my own father. And I think objectively I am, I'm far from perfect, but if there's something that I try to do pretty consistently is meet my children where they are and try not to give them advice or lecture them, although I can do that in moments of weakness. I I try to just, yeah, be that presence, be that energy in their life that's deeply affirming of who they are, but also kind of challenging them to move forward in life, to progress, to grow, to develop as people. And so where my own biological father failed to be present and to offer that guidance i think that's where i'm trying to come in and and just do a better job that absolutely i i see that and and in those terms i would i would define the ideal father figure as this uh, protective 
presence mm. in a position of position of strength that is infusing his children with courage and and, and with values, with structure, with character. I, I, I see that as the ideal father. But of course, we all have this ideal father figure in our mind, and we, we're we're uh, often disappointed by you know our father figures, uh, our you know any example we see in society, and, and even ourselves, we we feel like we fail sometimes as fathers. But I, I think it's always good to distinguish that uh, those this, those qualities and, and and be aware of 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 the potential, the potential of being a, a good father, a good imperator, right? Yeah. A good someone who who establishes the rules, the discipline, uh, you know, the guidance, and the way things are done. Because it, let's let's uh, 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 take for example the father figure, and, and and this comes from Sally Nichols from Jung and the Tarot and and her book. And that fa- is such a great book. It's an excellent book. I would recommend that. And that's where we get that idea that the emperor is the father figure and the empress is the mother figure. We, we get that basically from this, from reading Sally Nichols, uh, because this is the union perspective. Not every tarot reader or person who interprets the tarot is going to see the emperor as a father figure. But let's bear in mind, the Romans themselves saw the Roman emperor as the father of all people. That was the designation. That was one of their his pronouns or his names, right? So uh, it, it's always good to keep that uh, uh, in mind or when when discussing this 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 archetype because it's 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 something that is in 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 a very there's a big contrast between him and the empress, even though they're a couple, they're they're mother and, and father, they they're complementary. But their energies are quite different, mm. very opposite. Yeah, no, that's 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 really good. You know, one of the things that that comes up for me too when I just let my psyche kind of run wild and associate different things around the father image is e- even my complicated relationship with something like Christianity. You know, which in some ways portrays, at least in the New Testament. Through, through the lips of Jesus, really the Jesus that's remembered, right? Because he never wrote anything. It's it's the different authors and later traditions sort of putting words in his mouth. But he would refer to kind of the God, the Lord, as as Abba, right? Which was an Aramaic, an Aramaic kind of way to talk about like one's daddy, right? In a very yeah. intimate kind of way. And, and I know... Christianity portrays God as father as a positive, but I, I never could see it that way given my own complicated relationship with my father. So and, and and then there's the whole notion of, you know, in Greek, pater means father, and there's patriarchy. There and, and this goes back to the whole like toxic masculinity energy that I get from the card. Yes. There's there's ways in which I look at the emperor and I'm like, man, I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> You know, yeah, like, but, but, but be careful with that. I, I, I get you. I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but the uh, patriarchy has has had a very bad rap uh, recently, and uh, I understand why. I can see why most of the world is still it's still ruled by the patriarchy. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, 
we are living perhaps in the first world, right? The United States, Europe, uh, the Northern Hemisphere is 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 changing. You know, it, it, you know, people are changing. The laws are changing. Government is changing. The laws are changing. You know, there's more equality. Uh, you know, those are good things. But we also have to recognize that most of the world, for most of history, has lived under a patriarchy. And patriarchy is not to be seen as an evil uh, influence or a cultural construct on society. I, I think that most people uh, that are more progressive and, and their more progressive mindsets see it that way. They see it as pure evil. We have to get rid of it. But they're also very good beneficial contributions to it. Mm. There's this. Uh, I do struggle with that. But yeah. I think I can go along with it. I, I wonder if you could just say more about that. I'll but. say more about it. Okay. There's this very hilarious movie from the 1970s. I don't know if you've seen it, The Life of Brian. No, I haven't. Uh, Monty Python, <laughs> Life of Brian. It's, it's, it's a comedy, but it's it's a British comedy. It's just a classic. Uh, you got to see it. it. It's it's a parody on the life of Jesus. But oh, okay. It's, it's not the life of Jesus. It's the life of Brian. But he's living like a parallel life to Jesus, going through the same things and, and similar uh, uh, circumstances. And when something happens, everyone follows him blindly as, a, oh, this is a signal. Oh, this is a message. Oh, this is great. So, and and one part of the movie, I've seen this movie many times. I just don't remember the details on this part here, but they he he goes to a meeting of, of the people's, uh, uh, people of Judea Liberation Front, right? <laughs> These people who want to become independent uh, uh, from the Roman Empire, right? And they're uh, discussing how Jerusalem is going to fight back and we're going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, kick these Romans out of our territory. Very similar to what you would say if you were a machetero in Puerto Rico, right? Mm. Like a very, you know, independence-driven, uh, you know, mentality. But they were in this meeting, right? This uh, very... Uh, secretive meeting is like yeah we have to kick those romans out and then i think it was brian or or francis or one other character there is like oh should we kick out uh roman and medicine too yeah let's do that too uh what about the roads oh yeah that too yeah infrastructure yeah drainage uh aqueducts yeah everything everything roman must go out uh what about medicine oh yeah and and the viniculture which is the art of making wine oh yeah that oh okay uh, maybe not. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's complicated. When you, you, when you think about patriarchy, you think about empire, you have to think about also all the contributions that it, our civilization is built upon that. Mm-hmm. It's easy to, from our point of view, moralistic point of view, contemporary comfort zone to say that's bad. But is it all bad? Really? Honestly, uh, everything that you enjoy today, it's thank, it's really thanks to the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, no, I could totally say. I, th- I think you're making a really good point. You, you know what's coming up for me, too? I feel like there's also a lot of people, and and they're building on, on something called evolutionary psychology, which is saying we've got to try to understand how you know, early, early humans sort of did things and fast forward to the present and and realize that, you know, um, 
and this is kind of an extreme version of it, but but some figures today would say, you know, men should not stay at home with their kids. They should be the providers and they should be yeah. the ones that protect everything because that's what they did in the original conditions, right? In the evolutionary story. Right. I I get what they mean by that, but I know some stay-at-home dads that are wonderful. And they actually chose to do that because they're really good at it. Even if the evolutionary psychology is right, that men are maybe more primed to, I don't know, be stronger and, you know, be better providers, that doesn't mean that we can't make certain decisions to move against that kind of stuff. And and I guess I'm bringing this up to connect it to patriarchy. I think patriarchy was the way things were. And I would want to agree with you that uh, we can't just dismiss everything from these cultures. But part of what's exciting to me about the modern world is that we get to actually move against some of the ways that we're biologically wired. And that's okay. There's some absolutely. freedom there. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, many things have changed for the best right now. Like a uh, woman, it, it's, it's easy to forget it's easy to forget and, 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 and take for granted that women can go out safely, and at least in this country. Uh, and, and other countries, that's not the case. But in the past, in history, women on the street, that was rare. It's easy to forget that uh, because it was uh, extremely unsafe. You know, they could get raped. You know, we have laws that protect our citizens and the weak, the children, the elderly, women. Those are things that are good. We have to be grateful to those things. Um, but we also have to be aware of, of how things have evolved uh, gradually. You know, it, it has been a, a learning process. And, and there's still things that have to be improved. That's for certain. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. There are things that could be better. But uh, we are in a time that we are really enjoying. I, I would say, honestly, I think this is the best time in history. We're enjoying the privileges of all our ancestors. Just imagine your grandfathers like like breaking their backs, uh, cutting sugar cane, you know, in the, in the fields, or great grandparents, you know, and the industrial great great grandparents in the industrial revolution, and 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 trying to fight for a living wage and, and having a hard time getting you know a uh, uh, bread back home. You know, and, and it was the father figure who would, who would provide. It would really be the, uh, it would lay all on him. The mother would stay at home, raise the kids, cook, take care of the house. That's how it has been for thousands of years. It's easy to forget that. Sure. Uh, and that doesn't diminish her role uh, as, as someone who can be independent, who can be self-fulfilling, and, and doesn't need a man and, and just can go out into the world and, and make a living and, and be herself and, 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 and define herself in her own terms. That doesn't take away from that. But we also have to recognize history. And, and we are children of our history. Uh, the, the narratives from the past are still with us in some way or another. You know, and as you say, there's these these pressure, social pressures that might be you know a little indirect or subconscious, but they're there. You know, you have to provide, and and sometimes when when and when father figures feel like they're unable to provide, it it's a big it's it's a big hit in their in their own self esteem. Oh, absolutely, and 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 maybe that's where a lot of my 
like passion around some of this comes is working with a lot of men and getting to kind of peek into their psyche and their struggles. And a lot of them would want to even adopt some kind of traditional notions of being a father, being a man. They would see that as, as a virtuous path, but then they come against the, the other side of it, the struggle that comes with it, where, you know, when the economy is bad or when they develop cancer that's out of their control and things start to slow down or they lose their job unexpectedly, then the pressure becomes way too much. And so I guess all I'm wanting to say is let's hold some of these things a little lightly without forgetting history, Right. that, that there's a context to this, but... I guess I'm nervous to say any man has to be a certain kind of way. Although I also want to honor some of the historical realities that you're talking about as well. Yeah. The other thing is that I think there's this, uh, this expectation, uh, this traditional uh, pressure and expectation of men to be not just providers, but the strong figures of the house. You can never see a man cry. You can never see a man in a position of weakness. Uh, he uh, has to be the one who is the disciplinarian, the one who punishes the mother intervenes. He is traditionally the most re- remote, severe, and cold, and distant, and is the one who is who knows what has to be done. If you, for some reason, don't uh, match up to those descriptions, there's a problem. So... That's that's the, a big issue. Then you feel today. less than. You feel less than. You feel emasculated. Yes. You feel like oh, you have been, uh, you know, you're a failure, and and that's a big problem in our in our society. And I think for guys today, young guys and even older guys who are father figures and are providing, you know, uh, it, it, it it's it's not easy. It's not easy because you have that cultural conditioning. That comes from centuries and centuries and thousands of years on your back. Yeah. And it's pulling, it's pushing you down. It's like you have to be strong. You cannot show emotion. You have to be an example of strength. Yes. Yes. And that is an incredible pressure. And most people don't talk about these things because right now we're living in a moment that yeah it's all like uh and, and not that there's anything wrong with that i i i applaud that i support it 100 the feminist values supporting uh women lgbtq rights and all that that's good the the people who have been marginalized uh the people of color it's all good but we also cannot forget if we're all or we're gonna be all inclusive we're gonna really embrace the banner of inclusive inclusivity we also have to embrace men oh yeah for sure a hundred percent see and this is where where i really like the tarot is as as i've really learned from you it's a whole pantheon of different energies and 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 the emperor is one really important archetype one really important energy constellation that i think applies to men and to women. In, yes. in, in other words, I, I think women, as as much as men, could benefit from wrestling with what the emperor is telling them. And and so I guess I, I, I want individuals to move away from a rigidity around 
yeah, gender and 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 what you have to be if you were, you know, assigned, you know, a certain gender at birth. If if you really want to embrace that, that's your choice. But what the tarot says to me is what the yeah, the whole tarot deck says to me is regardless of who you are, all of these energies are pulsating in and through you and and you're a lot more multifaceted and complex than you might think. Absolutely. Right? M- m- men need to wrestle with the empress card as much as they do with the emperor card. And vice versa. And vice versa. Correct. Yes. Uh, I'll take, for example, I'm an artist, and, and this is something I, I really want to talk about. Uh, yes. And, and this would affect any any person, no matter their gender. Uh, you all carry an emperor and an and an empress within you. Mm. At the at the time that you're creating art, you're making music, poetry, you're, uh, you're writing a song, or you're, you're painting a, a picture, or doing a sculpture. There's a muse. Mm. There's a reason why the muse is female. It's the empress. It's the nurturing, creative part. It's all dance, poetry. It's all free, liberated. There's no judgment. There's no criticism. It just is. It be, it, it's just one with nature. It's harmonious. It's nurturing. It, you have to give them, give her her space, her time, and that's the first part. When you when you create a work of art, in my experience, I have to let her go. Let her be present at the moment without ju- judging her, without you know having any sense of like oh you know any moralizing role. And, and 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 trying to uh, like you tell can't her, control her. You cannot. You cannot. You have to let her be. But once she expresses in a non-verbal way what she wants to express, and she is manifest as the muse in you, within you, you're the medium. Then you you have a time. Then you can sit back, and now you consult with the emperor. The emperor is the editor is the guy who says, mm, I don't think so. I think this, 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 and that. I think you could do better than that. So He's well the, the harsh judge. Like, in America's Got Talent. Oh, gosh. <laughs> He's the guy who's going to tell you. Who was it? Is it Simon? It? Simon. Oh, no. He's always going to tell you, mm-mm, beep, no. <laughs> so you need that. You yes, also you do. need you need a balance. Yes, you, need, you do. You need both. Yes. You need both. You cannot go all the way with the muse because you might be making a fool of yourself. You also need to listen to the emperor, who is the judgmental, critical mindset. He is the logos. He's the word, the mm. verb. How you pass through? How you 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 make this viable? How do you explain yourself? How do you defend your art? And that's why you write a thesis when you do an MFA. You have mm. to explain. You have to defend your points. You have to be – there must be a purpose for everything. There must be a rational mindset, and that's where the emperor comes. After all, the first word uh, – the first uh, letter of the alphabet is alpha. And when you think of alpha, you think of alpha male. It's yeah. an alpha male. It's alpha. It's like – Imperator, it's like ah, that's that's really important. That part you cannot disregard. That's all, regardless if you're a woman artist or man artist or whatever you are. That part must be 
part of 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 the whole that that must be an, a fundamental ingredient of your process of of creating art man okay. patrick i am so thankful that you spoke to that i couldn't agree more and, and this is where the emperor really speaks to me you know at some level i feel like I'm a pretty successful person. I, I I have a really thriving private practice and I produce a lot of material. That's not because I'm just nilly-willy and just sort of <laughs> guided by the spirit or just kind of going by the seat of my pants. If you talk to anybody that really knows me, I'm extremely disciplined and organized and and I sacrifice quite a bit. And I'm not saying that to put myself on a pedestal. It's a type of suffering. But I think it's necessary to move forward in life. And that's where the emperor speaks to me. That's where I fucking resonate with his, you know, alpha, masculine, you know, yeah, emperor type of uh, energy in my life is I, I need to be disciplined in order to make something of my existence. And, and I feel like that's going to be a little controversial to some people because they're going to see that as too harsh or too disciplined. You got to be more open. You got to be more flexible. And there is a place for that. And and the emperor speaks to that in me. But the emperor, I think, is necessary to have some type of project in your life, to have some type of vocation. It, it's not all fun and games, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's hard work. And, and the emperor reminds me of that. There's this, uh, I agree completely, uh, if if you've read Joseph Campbell, there's this hero's journey. It, it starts with the ordinary world, the call to adventure. It's 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 this uh, archetypal journey that every hero in in world mythologies embarks in. And uh, there there comes to a point. I think it's like the fourth or fifth stage that is the meeting with the mentor, with mm. the mentor, and crossing the threshold. That is uh that correlates perfectly well with the uh, with the imperator because uh once you uh meet the master or the teacher the mentor the sage you become uh disciplined you learn that you don't know it all that's a problem i have with hollywood today mm. with all these mary sue characters that know it all that you see uh, this Ray character from Star Wars uh, and all these other characters that they know it all. They don't need a teacher. That's a problem. Because That's you, fucking crazy. You do need a teacher. <laughs> yes, you do. Especially when you're very young. Yes. And it doesn't matter your gender. And doesn't matter the gender of the mentor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You need a mentor. You need someone to tell you, That's wrong. This is the way you do it. Mm. Even though you might not agree with it and you might break the rules later on, you have to learn. You have to be, you know, you have to uh, uh, appreciate that perhaps for your appreciation, stiff, stoic, repressive, barren, and cold feeling of the mentor, but he's going to guide you to a, a better understanding of yourself and how to control your emotions, your, your feelings, and how to keep you in check. You need to... You, you need to stay in check because it's really easy to stray away from the from the path and just to be lost in video games, porn, addictions, alcohol. Absolutely. And just... just I think that's a huge struggle for so many young men today. I mean, 
I'm biased because I sit with that shit every fucking day <laughs> as a therapist who works with young men. Yes. The emperor speaks to the importance of needing to be confronted with reality sometimes. We, we, we joke, you know, you and I joke about our wives sometimes, but I'm grateful that my wife will call me out on my bullshit. At that <laughs> level, she's a fucking emperor. Same I, here. I don't need to just, you know, yeah. be this primal dude that runs wild. I need to be called out and have some type of structure. That's what we expect from government as well. Might, as, uh, might say that as well, you know. It, as keep, much as I hate to admit it, yes, you're right. Yeah, keep things in check. You're Everyone right. in check, you're right. right and left. Men and women, they need to be uh, put in check. That's why uh, I think it was Sally Nichols as well. I love uh, how she writes about this, uh, that uh, the emperor is very similar to the superego who is, mm. uh, who is uh, moralizing, criticizing Anything in society that might be a little off going on to the id, right, into the pleasure zone, the desires, and just like the easy thing, right? Like, oh, I like that. No, hey, wait. Look at yourself. Look what, what you're doing. <laughs> It's, man, every day I have a conversation around, I know you love making YouTube videos, and I, or I know you love trying to hack websites, or I know you love, you know, trying to be a, an Instagram influencer, But the way you're describing things, you, you, it sounds like you want a life of all pleasure, very little tension and effort. resistance. Very little and effort. No fucking effort. How is that possible? Like, you, you have to wake up and grow the fuck up and realize <laughs> that that's not how life works. And I'm not trying to be uber masculine or too harsh i'm trying to be realistic and that's where the emperor speaks to us yes now at the same time if we just reduce everything to the emperor i think that's a mistake as well yes that's where the tarot comes in it's 22 cards yes that speak to us not just one but but this one is extremely important man you got me all fired up patrick <laughs> it's a it's, it's your it's fault a, <laughs> it's a balancing act. oh yeah this is oh no, i i i knew this 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 episode was going to be good yeah <laughs> a lot of emotion Espe especially because we have a lot in common yes. i mean being half puerto rican half american having you know absent father figures and and, and this card speaks to us in yes. a very personal level and 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 it's one of those things where i i'm telling you there's a part of me that really hates it and 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 I see the damage that people that just try to be the emperor, what, what, what that does to their life. But I would argue, if I'm honest, I, and I need to say this, that without having emperor energy in your life, it creates tremendous destruction. Maybe more. It's chaos. It's fucking chaos. Yes. You need organization. You need to be, uh, you, you need to self examine yourself. You need some science, some structure. Mm. You need to self reflect. It, take the best Limits, for me. boundaries. Boundaries. You need that. Uh, I, I can think of the best example of an emperor figure would be the figure of Marcus Aurelius. Mm, somebody that I really admire. It's someone that I admire as well, and I would recommend anyone listening to this to read his meditations. Agreed. Because he was, at every moment in his life, he was always reflecting on his flaws. And like, I could do better. I could do better. I'm an emperor. This is difficult, but I could do better. And and it's it's a self-reflection that that speaks to all of us as human beings. We don't have to be emperor figures, but it it's just human. It's basic. 
and, and and it's stuff that we really can benefit from you know that that self-disciplinarian way of thinking mm. you know it's i i was just thinking about him this morning because i had a client that was talking about um just the excessiveness and maybe even the narcissism of of someone like Donald Trump or other modern leaders. And, and I was just thinking in my mind as they were talking, whatever you say about Marcus Aurelius, and he had his flaws, and, and there, there's aspects of his philosophy that I don't agree with. Okay, all that aside, I'm really impressed that at the time, the most powerful motherfucker on the planet <laughs> was writing in his diaries that he needed to try to control himself he needed to watch his temper like he wasn't perfect but he was trying to be a little bit better every day and <laughs> I, I i imagine if we were to somehow discover the private journals of someone like donald trump or elon <laughs> musk or whoever i doubt that they're going to be curbing their desires and their you know impulse toward expansion and just domination I think they're going to be exploring how to do more of that. I appreciate that someone like Marcus was at least trying to engage that emperor energy on himself to to provide limits to himself, even though he had the power to do whatever the hell he wanted. That, to me, is powerful. I think that what you just mentioned is really important for people to understand is to recognize the potential for ill and potential for great goodness. Uh, I mean... Uh, you have examples of of Roman emperors like Caligula, oh, Nero, Commodus. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I know many people might not agree, but Trump. <laughs> you know, you can go to the extremes, right? And 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 to the dark side really easily, but you can also you can also strive to be like the good emperors, like like Hadrian, like Trajan like Marcus Aurelius, like Octavian, like Julius Caesar. Now, with that said, I must I must add this point. Please. Julius Caesar. That's a fascinating historical figure. The first Roman emperor. We should talk about him. Because uh he had this uh well, this is attributed to him, this this famous uh Latin maxim and quote, divide et impera. So it means Divide and conquer. When he mm. was a general, Roman general uh, uh, in, in Gaul, what is now modern-day France, he had this very Machiavellian uh, strategy uh, and very conniving way of thinking of dividing tribes in order to control them. The same was implemented by Hernán Cortés under Charles V in Mexico. He would put tribes one against the other, in order to control the realm and be over to overtake the Aztecs because they were vastly un, uh, outnumbered. The same with Julius Caesar. What kind of mind thinks of all these things that is so cunning, witty, and so almost evil? Mm. You know, it, planning ahead of time. You know, it's easy to vilify and condemn that behavior, but there's also something to be learned about it, you know. Plan ahead of time. You know, don't let people in Spanish que te cojan de pendejo. 
translate that for us. That's great. <laughs> don't take them. Don't let people take you as a sucker. You, you don't want people to see you as a sucker. But pendejo the sounds pendejo, so much better. <laughs> yes, it sounds so much better. But that's part of the the intrinsical value of the emperor that teaches you how you have to give yourself some respect. And no, yes. I know my place. Yes. You're not taking me. You're not, not, uh, 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 not with me. The, no. The, the emperor is telling us, don't be a pinche pendejo. Don't be a... No sea pinche pendejo. <laughs> Mexican. And good Mexican. A, a good Mexican. <laughs> no sea pinche pendejo. <laughs> no, that's good. Man. Okay. So so what, what, what's coming up for me, and, and, and I also want to read this quote from Alejandro Jodorowsky, which I loved. I think of all the things that I read this week on the Emperor card, this was like my favorite paragraph. But sort of one of the conclusions I came to, Patrick, I don't know if you'll agree, is my initial reservation about this card was that I saw it as an energy that was calling me to have like this almost negative power over others externally. Mm. What I came to discover through this paragraph that I'm going to read is I think it's actually calling me to develop an inner power to control myself, which is a throwback to Marcus Aurelius. I think yes. at the end of the day, he's all about self-control as, as the greatest type of strength and power because that will result in you not, I think, destroying others and making awful mistakes and you know, l- letting your passions drive you. And so I, I, I want to read this paragraph and just see what you think, okay? Is, is that okay with you? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Hodorowsky, who, I, I wonder, could, could you speak to him? I, I, I know I found out about him through you, right? He's a, yeah. is he from Argentina? Chile. He's from Chile. Okay, so he's a Chilean. He lives in France. And he lives in France. I know he's a filmmaker. He reads tarot. Reads tarot. Kind of a mystic, maybe? He's a mystic. Okay. Philosopher. And, and he has this great book. I think it's called The Way of the Tarot. You can actually, if you Google it, you can find it free as a PDF. That's what I did. But uh, so fuck you, capitalism. Okay, so he says, neither your intellectual reservations nor your timidity, nor your identification with the victim role, nor your past sufferings, nor your poor self-image will prevent you from finding me, your emperor. If a toxic education or a system of destructive values has imprinted false laws inside of you, sweep them away. Establish your rules, your work system, your actions out of the laws I reveal to you. I am there. I appear. And behind me, there is an entire army, the sun, the stars, the galaxies. I protect you and urge you to exhort your strength. And this is, I think, the best part. I am your inner warrior, the one who sees your weaknesses and does not weaken. Huh. That's very good. Does anything come up for you when yes. you hear that, Patrick? As a matter of fact, I read that same passage uh, right before coming here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's we're we're on the same page. It's literally in the same page. I love that, man. Yeah, I think the key word here is strength. Mm. And, and 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 knowing your inner strength and and that the emperor lives within you no matter who you are no matter what your gender is what your right. cultural background is you carry a pantheon of of uh archetypes and and the emperor the imperator is within you 
He's in you. He lives in you. And he's telling you what the right thing to do is. He's telling you, like, be strong. Be brave. You can do this. And I'm with you. And I have a whole army behind me with you. Sure. So that you have to bear that in mind when, whenever you confront a situation like public speaking. Mm. Uh, any any situation where you feel nervous or you, you feel like you're not in control, you are in control. Uh, so that's what the, the Emperor card uh, tells us through the words of Hodorowsky. Yeah. Okay. So what I want to say is to anybody who's listening who's who's just a young person. Okay, I don't want to just say young men, young men, women, young people who are non-binary, trans, whatever. I know there's a cultural impulse to want to say, you know, fuck the past, fuck the rules, forget about authority systems, kind of pave your own path. I actually deeply resonate with that and even encourage that. However, tap into the inner emperor. If you don't have the organization and the structure, your own laws and regulations, I think your life will be chaos. It will fall apart. I've been there. I've done that. As, as, as Marcus says in the meditations, this is a paraphrase from Ryan Holiday, who's kind of a modern stoic. He says, be, be gentle and understanding toward others, but be harsh with yourself. I'm not saying you beat yourself up. I'm not saying you you tear yourself down, but but hold yourself accountable. Have a level of strength and maybe even inflexibility with yourself so that you move forward. I couldn't agree more. Uh, absolutely. I feel like uh, there's also a system in place, and that's why there's a bias. I like okay. There's a system, and and we think of the system as the patriarchy, in modern terms, as in SJW terms, right? And all this woke terminology, right? Using uh, 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 the patriarchy as as the evil entity that we have to uh, get rid of, uh, but. Uh, I really wanted to uh, say that uh, there's a lot to be learned about that, as you said, and and it lives within you because you're human. We are all human beings, and no matter what we do with our culture today, everything that has passed through the last 10,000 years in human history lives through our veins. Mm. So we either reenact that or we are aware of it and we do something about it and we channel those energies mm-hmm. in a way that it benefits us and in, in growing up as better human beings so i i think that's what the the the, the emperor the, the the patriarchal figure I, come on patriarchy my name is patrick Oh, yeah. It comes from the patriarchy. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> so listen to me. So uh, this is something... Can I call you Mr. Patriarch? Ma- Mr. Patriarch. <laughs> no, I don't know if, if, if we can go that far. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> but, but I, I, have, I have my own experience with that as well, because uh, I, I studied at the School of Fine Arts in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and it was ruled really primarily by feminists with very progressive views. Mm. 
And I don't want to play the victim card here because I hate that card. I do too. I just despise it. I do too. I refuse to play that card. But with that said, yes, men are under attack. I, I have to say it because I see it. Because I've seen it since the early 90s. And yes, I understand where this is coming from. It's not completely, uh, let's say, uh, it's, it, it's not completely unjustified. There is some reasoning behind it, especially in Latin America and Puerto Rico. There's a lot of uh, feminicides, a lot of abusive relationships. You can see the cultural construct of el machismo. Mm. And it's real, but... We have to learn to discern. Not every not every man, not every man is the same. The same applies to the emperor. Yes. Uh, so we have to learn to discern with the same wisdom of the emperor that things have to be discerned. You have to take your time to measure and be uh, more cautious, just like Marcus Aurelius would do. Okay, what do we have here? Okay, you have to be like King Solomon and, 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 and not just rush into judgment because that's the problem both from the right, both from the left, mm. I should say. Both sin of the same thing. They just rush into judgment. They get into this, these tribal mentalities of just judging things as, oh, that's them. That's the guys. You know what? The enemies are not men. The enemies are not women. The enemies are not the other gender. We can all learn from each other. And we can all learn from the emperor. And we don't have to judge things necessarily because we're not, we, we don't approve of things. We, we can also, you know, be okay with that. Okay, okay, that's what happened. Let's see what we can learn from it, what we can absorb. Yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah. so okay, so I have two questions for you. One, wait, what? Maybe one statement, and then and then a question you need to help me with. Okay, so one, from my perspective, I, I think I want to be very clear that while I do think there is, and there's different labels for it. Some people call it toxic masculinity. Some people call it hegemonic masculinity. Unhealthy masculinity. I I think men can embody these negative traits and behaviors and patterns and, and we need to work against that but that can also be the case for women as well in other words what i want to say is there's nothing intrinsic about being male that's toxic exactly. we, we, we have to look at behaviors and patterns that's what we're trying to address i want to be clear about that but here's the other thing so i do have many teenage boys and young adult men who would say exactly what you said men are under attack today and it's a real problem I want to be vulnerable and say I can understand that argument philosophically or rationally, logically, but I have not emotionally experienced that. What, I mean, why is that, I wonder? A am I just not accessing the right media sources? I is it somehow my white privilege? Like, like what, <laughs> what has led, and I know you don't know the insides of my psyche, but what yeah. has led me not to really ever feel like I am under attack because I'm a male? It's white privilege. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I need to be open to that. I, I need to sit with that because I, I really have never felt attacked because of my gender. Okay. But, but, but I work with men that do every day. So I try yes. to be understanding yes. of it. I, yeah. I, I want to be honest about that. We have to be understanding of it. I understand them completely. I'm with you. Uh, I understand. I experience it. Okay. I've seen okay. friends experience it. Not everyone has to experience it. I understand. There's this so-called thing, white privilege. I understand why people say it. I understand where they're coming from. I understand that. As I said, I, I can see, you know, as being half Puerto Rican, half white American, I can experience both realities, and I've seen both perspectives. But we have to be mindful of how we treat other people uh, independently of their gender. Uh, and, and this goes both to the right and the left because I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it. I've felt it. And I, again, I don't, I don't care. I don't give a shit about being, you know, <laughs> playing the big thing card. I, they no, can he go does to not. Hell. He does not. I, I just don't care about it. I just don't care. I just keep doing my thing. I, I believe in what I do. I just don't care. But it's a reality. It's a reality. I've seen it. I've, I've seen uh, feminists attack men indiscriminately. I've seen, but of course, we have to be also mindful of the uh, the the painful reality that it's been the opposite for a long, long time. Mm. Women have suffered much discrimination throughout history. So what I would say is rather keep a neutral stance in every issue when it comes to politics because it's easy to be just uh, driven away by your tribe, it's, especially in this country. Oh, isn't that true? It's so easy, so easy. Oh, my friends think like this. My family thinks like this. I'm with them. No, you can make up your own mind, become independent, become your own imperator, become your own ruler. You say, okay, no, wait, hold on. I can listen to both sides. After all, as the imperator, I can embrace the diversity of all my people all my cultures, all my genders, all the realms, because I'm the emperor of my own way of thinking. And, and the way of, of seeing things is more global. It's more inclusive. It's more neutral. It's more like Marcus Aurelius, more stoic. Mm. I like it. Okay, so Patrick, can I tell you my favorite aspect of your card? that I think is very different than any other rendition of the emperor. And, and I haven't seen obviously all the tarot decks. There's a billion of them out there, but of all the ones I've seen, this has been my favorite part. And I'm hoping you can kind of riff on it. It's the oil tower <laughs> on the very top of the scepter that he's holding. And again, if you're, if you're watching it on YouTube, you can, you can see it. I, I, I want to encourage you to, to, to check out Patrick's deck, buy it. And 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 take a take a look at it, but it's a scepter that he's holding. There's the the oil tower, if I'm saying that right. And then on top of the oil tower, it's faint. But if you look at it, it's a fucking cross on top of that. <laughs> so man, there's so much there. I think what why 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 did you do that? It's driven by profit by by <laughs> by oil companies by Christianity by 
call it the patriarchy, if you will. Uh, it, it's the structure of the system. In the Matrix uh, movies, you would you would see him as the uh, as the architect in Matrix Two. Uh, so he's the one who built the system. So he's the corporation. He is the the entity behind the politicians who's pulling the strings. He's the one who's really, really in control. Because when you see a king, you see a president. But the emperor is something else. He's the one who is really, really, like, behind all these conspiracy theories of, of like, in control of every single thing that happens in the world. For me, and I still hold on to this belief, it's modern-day corporations. Cor- modern-day corporations have their agendas, and they hold... Uh, a, a, a huge sway over the population with consumerist doctrines and all that. And that's part of my work. I think and, that's such an important part of your work. Yeah, it is. And that that's that's my interpretation. That's my, my way of translating it into images, into what you just described with that card in my Tarot Neocolonial de las Americas, which is really a neocolonial ramification of the colonial roots which are really capitalistic-driven agendas, uh, really into making us into passive consumers of oil and goods and Walmart and fast food and, and cars and, and more and more of this until the planet... Pff, who cares about the planet? So uh, that's really what that that is all about. I love it, man. <laughs> and, and then... And go, go get as passionate as you need to, please. How does religion play into that, right? The cross at the top. Okay. The way I see religion connected to the worldly realm is the following. So in the Judeo-Christian tradition, you have the number four being highly relevant. And not just the Judeo-Christian world, but the, the Western classical canon is based on the four classical virtues, but also on the uh, on the tetragram Yod He Yahweh, Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. I don't know how you pronounce it in English. I'm Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. So it's four words really. So the four is related to the emperor. Obviously, it's the card number four. It's the card number four, yeah. Yeah, and four also re- uh, relates to the realm of, of the material world. That is to the four elements, air, earth, fire, and, and, and water. So you have the four cardinal points, north, south, west, east. So it's related to the world itself, its structure. It's, it's the three dimensions past, present, uh, future, plus time. So that gives you f- uh, not only space, but context within time. So four is something I, 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 I failed to mention, but this is really important that it's very significant that the emperor corresponds to the number four in the, ar- in the major arcana. There's, after all, four walls in your room most of the time. Uh, most rooms, and, and, and when you paint a picture, it's four corners, right? Uh, you have four uh, as the ideal of space. So when it comes to corporations, corporations come from the, uh, from the, the Latin name uh, corpore or corporatio, which means body, 
mm. body relates to four. It really it relates to uh, the faces of the moon, the elements, the seasons. It's all earth related. It also relates to the evangelists, to the prophets, the four evangelists, the four prophets. And human dominion over the natural world is really territorial and expansive, and it's based on the number four. It goes in the four directions. It's a social structure, but also the foundation of civilization and, and empire. That's why I have the oil tower and the cross. And the cross, you count four as well. Okay. Why the obelisk or the Washington Monument as this phallic symbol and the the cock, the rooster. Yeah, the rooster, especially in Puerto Rican culture, you might know mm. it as well. It's just... El gallo. El gallo. Amuela tus espuelas, mijo. Right before the fight, you have to sharpen those claws. And it's all related to masculinity because you don't see women in, in, in cockfights. It's all That's related to that that competition, that sense of competition. Yeah, mine, mine is better than yours. You know that very toxic masculinity aspect that you might call it. And, and and if anyone out there has never seen a fucking rooster in real life, just just com- just look at a rooster next to a chicken, <laughs> dude. It, it's like they're huge like all bulked up and giant and he's huge talons it's like fuck man we i i saw my wife and i go to this um not a brewery it's a it's a winery in i forget what the city is now we, we've had a little bit too much alcohol but and, and they have chickens and roosters walking around and man the chickens are, i mean the roosters are not only aggressive but they're just giant compared to the chickens like what a symbol of this kind of like strong masculinity. Yeah, this whole notion of virility, of mm. what it makes, uh, uh, what what really makes a man a man is 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 really closely linked to the to the rooster, to the, the cock, the cock. <laughs> just just think of that. You you can get. Uh, 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 mental imagery from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go wherever you're going to go, <laughs> go with go that. Go <laughs> wherever you want to go with that. But that is all linked. So never disregard all the subconscious connections and links you get from words and images because they all mean something. And uh, look at the look at the fucking animal. <laughs> look at him. Like Kika said, look at him. See what you get. What what sense you get. It's the imperator. Mm. He thinks he's the ruler. He thinks he's the macho man. There is like the bull, el toro. In Spain, it is the counterpart of the gallos in Puerto Rico. In Spain, they have the toreador. They have the toros. Corrida de toros. The bull run. The bull run, right? And, and, and it's, the same, it's the same narrative. It's, it's this masculine experience with, with strength. With something that requires courage, something that requires, uh, you know, really guts and balls to confront. <laughs> well, you know? okay, say, so, oh man, this is talk about talk about getting us canceled. Holy oh, shit! Yeah. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let me see if I can say this after some wine and some bourbon. <laughs> I am the first person, right? And, and maybe in a way that that makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm the first person to say we've got to rein in 
some of the toxic masculine energy in our culture and within us men. But here's the thing, at the same time, there is something biological, there is something cultural about masculine energy that you can't ask every man to get rid of. If you try, it's going to create this awful reaction, which which you see. I think in people like, you know, um, Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I guess to bring it back to the emperor, it's, of course, we want to not highlight the destructive, toxic aspects of masculinity, but are there ways to still allow at least certain types of men to have that sort of cock energy and not make them feel like they're somehow dirty or bad for wanting Absolutely. to have that. Uh, it's just like you said, uh, the the major arcana from the tarot are 22 cards. There's a balance. There's a interplay. There's a dialogue. There's a conversation. There's a balance. There's a harmony going on through these. Uh, it's Every card is important. That's what we have to understand from all of this conversation here. It's not that we're saying that this card is better than that other card or this card is more virtuous than the other card. Every card has its pros and its cons, and we can all learn from every single card in the deck. Yes. So the masculine is no exception to that rule, right? Uh Let's say, for example, uh, uh, Robert Place, who is an author that I really admire and follow in in tarot. He says he says he sees more the, the emperor more not just not only like a personal figure, yeah. like someone to see to be seen as a as a as a man, but more like an alchemical principle, uh, the expression of of air and thinking and intellect. And soar like an eagle. After all, the eagle, we haven't mentioned that. Eagle is on almost every deck. It's part of it. You see the Marseille. It's in a in a shield. In a shield. And in my card, I have it as a shield. Yeah. And, 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 and you've got decks, missiles connected to it, which I thought was pretty missiles, cool. Missiles, very phallic. Very phallic. And the eagle is very phallic And empire well. and capitalism. Empire, I capitalism. Think. If you look at coins, ancient coins from the time of Alexander the Great, from 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 Greece, from Macedonia, you would see that on the backside of the coin you have an eagle. You would look at coins from the Roman Empire period. You would see the Roman uh, uh, effigy, uh, the, the the portrait of the of the emperor seen on profile view on the backside, the eagle. What do you see on a American quarter? Today, we see Washington, you flip it back. A fucking eagle. A fucking eagle. What does uh, eagle sound like? Hey, it's it our national like, bird. Yeah, and it sounds like ego. Ego. Wow. It sounds like ego. I, when, when you mentioned that uh, uh, starting this 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 uh, episode, <laughs> I was like, wait, did he say ego or eagle? Okay, it's the same. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Okay, so going back... Right there's a there's an obelisk and and the reason I I know obelisk I was in an art history class and I will never forget the professor somebody was joking oh my gosh that looks like a penis and he got he's what he 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 stood up he says it's not a fucking penis it's an obelisk the Washington Monument is an obelisk but you have this phallic symbol there 
I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Jeff Bezos, have you ever looked oh. at the Amazon symbol? <laughs> I know it's it says Amazon, and people are like, okay, it's an arrow from A to Z. Look at that fucking thing. It looks like a dick. Not just that. Look at his rocket ship. His rocket ship, his spaceship. <laughs> it's a phallic symbol. It looks like a penis. I'm sorry. It's exactly like a penis. So what is the phallic symbol? It's the alpha. It's 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 the emperor. It's the imperator. He is the male uh, biological construct. He is the the very personification of male identity. Mm. That's what it is. It's the essence of it. You know, it's tener los huevos, tener las pelotas, <laughs> tener los cojones. It's yeah. it's right that at the, at its essence. Mm. That's what it is, and you can feel uneasy about it you might feel like eh that's bad or you might feel like yeah tiene cojones or you might feel like yeah that's me either way doesn't matter it's there you might have might, might as well just recognize it and learn from it because everyone has it even women uh, anyone for no matter what and what gender you are can can have cojones can have that feeling of like yeah i'm in control of my situation and I can learn from this. I wanted to add a, okay. a phrase from and then I've got a controversial question for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I hope we don't get in trouble with this, but I'm trying to be as, as, as neutral and partial as possible. You know, trying to, you know, after some this. bourbon, I can't be neutral. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It, that is what she said. <laughs> here we go. The Joe Rogan way. here. <laughs> So Marcus Aurelius uh, uh, had, had this famous quote. I love this. Uh, Make sure you're not made emperor, imperador. Avoid that imperial stain because let's remember the the imperial stain. What he's referring to is that sometimes uh, an emperor in Roman times was was deceased, and the the Roman soldiers decided who was the next emperor, and that's something no one wanted. It's a lot of pressure on that role, and you could be killed is easily, and then the next one were, would yeah. rise up. But so, let, let, let me add this too, and I forget the type of uh, sea creature fish that it was. But back then, they would um, harvest these these sea animals to actually create the dye that would stain the clothes the color purple. Yes. So he has that process in mind That's as well. Right. That's right. Which and is an, it's kind of an interesting background comment. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up because that's that's a, a a pigment that comes from the squid. The squid. The squid, yeah, and and it's 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 a, a dark purple. And it would have been very rare, so that's why very it was esteemed rare. as kind of this this royal kind of color. Yes, only it was exclusively worn by emperors or people from high status. And, and, okay, and, and don't lose where you were going, but can we just say too, and I, I first kind of wrestled with this when you brought this up because you're an artist and you deal with colors. Stereotypically, I think now, right, purple would kind of be seen as a feminine color, <laughs> right? Just, just, yes. to, just to show some of the cultural relativity of some of this gender yes. stuff. I should mention uh, that's that's fascinating. Don't get me started with that because if we start <laughs> talking about uh, the history of color, there was a yes, a which you know a time, lot about. <laughs> yeah, I, I know quite a bit, but not not a whole lot. I'm not an expert, but I know that uh, for for quite some time. 
in, in, in history of Western culture, red was male. Everyone who wore red is very manly, you know, because you can see the portraits of the kings, monarchs, the dukes, the archdukes. They were re- wearing red capes or red banners or red something. There was always red. That denoted manlyhood. Now, if you wore white, that's more effeminate. Mm. That was different. It was a different time. Uh, so just to show you how our perception of color changes throughout uh, history. But in Roman times, purple was really like, you know, the supreme. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, do you remember where you were going? Because I totally derailed you. I You were talking about, you, you, were, you were quoting Marcus Aurelius. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, and he says, it, it, it can happen to you becoming an emperor because sure. he was chosen to be an emperor. He was not the natural, uh, you know, choice to be an inheritor. You know, he was not the, ki- the, the son of the emperor at the time. He was the nephew. So keep yourself simple, good, pure, saintly, plain, a friend of justice, God-fearing, gracious, affectionate, and strong for your proper work. Marcus Aurelius. That I cannot imagine coming out of the mouth of someone like Andrew Tate or no. Donald Trump. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just not happening. I agree. There's some agree. deep humility there. Yes. Yes. And he was, let's remember, Marcus Aurelius was a Roman Empire at the height of Roman, at the Roman Empire. Who could have snapped his fingers and had someone fucking beheaded, right? Yes, anyone, anyone. He had, he was the most powerful man in the world. And these are his words from his journal, which was private, by the way. It was published. Never intended to be published. Never intended to be published. He was self-examining himself and, and just very, very aware of all his flaws. Very humble. Very See, like, I think there's a connection to the emperor. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Patrick, that I, I always say with, with Marcus, you, you can't read the meditations imagining him standing on a podium preaching to a crowd. He's actually exhorting himself. He's looking in the mirror and he's saying, you know, get yourself together. Don't lose your cool care about your neighbors, focus on the common good. I mean, all all these things that he recognizes how frail and human and in some ways how fucked up he is. He's trying to just make incremental progress toward being a better human. I just do not see that from modern leaders. I see excessiveness and narcissism and pride and ego. Yes, absolutely. Just think of the nature of the number four. When it comes to the emperor, uh, number four is balance, is stable, it's permanence, is stability. You, if if you stand on on, on four uh, corners of the earth, you're really having a hold on on and, and listening to all, every perspective. It, it, it's the four directions. It, it gives you the full perspective of time and space, and and that's what Marcus Aurelius really uh, embraced and and strived for. And and we have to learn from that, you know, being able to 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 keep a, a, a your feet on the ground, be able to stand your ground, defend your territory, become like the imperator, but at the same time listen and be, and be cautious and and listen to your advisors 
which could be your friends. Your advisors could be your family. Your advisors can be anyone mm. who comments on something you posted on Facebook. It's like, wait a minute. He might be right on, on that point. You know, be open because a good emperor listens. That's really good. Okay. Here's the kind of controversial point or question that I want to make. Now, let me preface it with, you don't have to agree. It's okay. I, I would actually openly consider myself a feminist. That's not the only thing I am. My therapeutic modality or the framework that I use is something called relational cultural therapy or theory, which is basically a feminist approach to thinking about things like gender and social roles and things like that. So I, I want to be clear about that. At the same time, and I actually mentioned this to another podcast guest who's a trans man activist. Um, he loved this, that my philosophy at some level is that I want to really enjoy my dick, but I do not want to be one. <laughs> Can the emperor stand beside that statement? I think so. If it if it's a good emperor, yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, there's this uh stigma of of being a bad emperor or being, you know, the despot or the dictator or the authoritarian figure that is a real dick, a douchebag. Not every power over power over everything. Yeah, you don't have to be that way. You, you know, this is just a way of experiencing the world. Uh, the emperor is giving you the tools, mm. the diplomatic tools to deal with the world world around you, the four corners of the world around you. Uh, you're you're able to you're capable of 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 understanding their needs, but also giving yourself your place as, you know, what you are at the, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and this can go to the extremes of being over, uh, complacent with, uh, anyone's uh, needs and, and, you know, and, 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 and anyone who would be asking for favors and like, yeah, yeah, be all the good, very good. You cannot be too good. You cannot be too rigid either. You have to keep a balance, a healthy balance. Yes. Well said. And that's so hard. Uh, yes, very hard. Yeah, it, 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 it's really the embodiment of justice. Mm. And that's what the Neoplatonics would argue for, that the Neoplatonics would argue that uh, the the... the 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 ideal emperor would be someone who would be just, would be fair, would be uh, mindful of the needs of everyone, but also of justice. Mm. You know, keep everyone in check, starting with yourself. I love it, Patrick. Okay, so thanks. I I think I've gotten to the point where where I feel pretty satisfied with analyzing the emperor card but i always want to make sure that that my guests get a chance to say anything else that's on their mind anything else that they're thinking about obviously i can miss you know asking questions about a specific aspect of the symbolism of the card is there anything else 
that you would like to say that's important yes. to you, my friend? There's one last thing that I would like to add to this conversation is that whenever you have a point of view, whatever point of view it is, let's say far right, far far left, far or in the center, listen to four, because we're talking about four, mm. four other perspectives Damn, coming from so good. different directions. That's listen difficult, to them. but, it, yeah, but it's, it's difficult. so important. Listen to them, pinpoint your attention to each one of them, and 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 in a rational human way, try to listen and and put yourself in in their shoes. It's like, yeah, there's a point. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a point. Yeah, there's a point there too. And f- yeah, finally, there's also a point on that fourth one. I'll take that into consideration because as an imperator. I have to keep all cardinal points balanced. Mm. Wow, man. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, well, I, I guess w- would you mind just kind of ending by saying the line of the podcast therapy for guys by just saying the words, continue the conversation. Let's continue the conversation. The next one we're gonna have is uh, the Pope. It's, By the way, that's another one that I have a lot uh, of uh, maybe negative energy around. So I think it's going to really? be another very impassioned that's conversation. The grandfather figure. That's uh, our ancestors. That's see, for the, for me, it's it's uh, oppressive religion. So it's a real. It's, <laughs> it's also religion. It's also religion. It's also tradition. Okay. It's anything that we carry on our backs that comes from the past that doesn't belong to our time mm. that we might feel like it's obsolete. Just like what we most of us feel about the Pope or the Vatican, or it's like, what is this all about? You know, and this keeps going on and dragging from the past. That's what the Pope is all about, and that's our next episode. That's going to be quite interesting because we're going to talk about all the things we drag from our personal histories. But I hope you enjoy this one. <laughs> yes. And, and, and let me just say, I have two, I think, very funny Catholic jokes that are very inappropriate that I'll share <laughs> next time. Go ahead. Okay. Go for it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to wait until next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope you enjoy this. And, and it's always been a pleasure. And uh, for me, this is, as I was telling Kike before we started recording, this is all been a, a learning experience for me. Yeah, same here. Just digging into the books and getting back and, and refreshing my knowledge of each one of these archetypes. There are 22 in total. I hope you enjoy each one of them and learn something about them with an open mind. Mm, well said. Okay, thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Kike.
Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. I'd love to connect with you. Whether that means you sign up for therapy or you send me an email asking a question or maybe even explore what it would look like to get on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. The best way to do that is to find me on my website at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. Or you can just Google me and there you'll find my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. You can also go to the website of the practice I work at, where I'm the Leeds Men's Counselor. That's katiecounselingformen.com. I hope that you guys are inspired by what we explore today, and as always, continue the conversation. Mm-hmm.